guys, I'm, I'm excited that we're doing this. We've been talking about this for a long time. I really want to um, take some time to, to really talk about metal polishing with Craig from Crater Service. Craig, take just a minute and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Craig Stewart. I'm from Roslyn, British Columbia, Canada. And uh, majority of my work is metal polishing. Eighty percent, twenty percent. We do um, paint corrections and coatings, interior, exterior details, that kind of thing. I love it. And tell us how long. I mean, how long have you been into metal polishing? When did all that start? I got the bug. Would have been. Hmm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. That's when okay. I was about twenty years old, so twenty-five okay. years ago, mm -hmm. I got one of my first jobs I was running the highway and we were running um, from sort of central British Columbia to the coast hauling okay. lumber building supplies kind of thing and I was working with a guy and we'd be parked at uh, wait to unload the next day or whatever so you'd get all set up and ready and go to bed in your right. truck and he'd always be out there polishing he had this bottle of liquid polish and he'd be rubbing his wheels and tanks and I'm like what are you doing I had no idea he's like mm -hmm. you want to be the best you got to look the best you have to stand out if you want to be getting top rates in this industry so I said all right well give me some of that stuff and I started and I was polishing the front wheels by hand with a rag and that's how it started <laughs> and then it became like an addiction <laughs> you always want it looking the best so that's so awesome I mean, I, I remember you telling me this story before in person, and it's just, it's, it's a powerful message because, like, that sends a message to your clients, right? And, and a big rig, yeah. you know, it's one thing to get a car to look good, right? But now mm -hmm. you have, like, a truck that has all these other fine details on it. There's yeah. a little bit more, you know, skill and talent, and then, of course, time and patience that go into all that stuff, you know? And I, I mean, you don't see them all the time, but you know, you go down the road, you see those trucks where the stacks are shining and the wheels yep. are glossed and the custom lights, like that grabs people's attention. So yep. that's, yep. that's super it's, cool. It shows that you're at a different level than the majority of what you see on the road. You got the pride and yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So do, did you, in your time and behind the wheel, did, did that, that seem to actually become reality like did you find yourself like landing better jobs or maybe like getting better stuff because the truck maybe looked a little better or did it spark the conversation yeah i i never worked for big companies it was always small companies so mm -hmm. i never got into that big corporate kind of rigmarole it was the small companies where the guys took pride in their stuff and that's what they wanted is somebody to um do the same with their yeah. other other trucks so yeah no yeah. It, it definitely did i've driven some beautiful trucks worked for some of the best companies now still to this day i never did end up buying my own truck okay. i worked for small companies like one two trucks type thing but and usually it was friends ended up being friends right because it was that small family dynamic it's something yeah. i really strive for like i just i just couldn't ever imagine being a number it just didn't work for me you know, it's like every industry seems to be getting squeezed. But from the people that I've talked to recently that are in the trucking industry, I mean, I trained one, a, a gentleman that was, you know, getting out of the industry just because um, it, it just the, the money, just the pay is going down. You know, it's hard for these guys to actually um, 
make a return on their investments, especially when you're an owner operator getting started, right? Like mm-hmm. by the yeah. time yeah. you buy the truck, it's too expensive, you know, for the oil change and the tires and the maintenance and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting. A lot of the work I did was um, like forestry and oil and gas for the last yeah. 20 years. So construction. So it was um, definitely better profit margins than the guys that are running I-90 or that kind of a scenario where, you know, we're in the bush, um, yeah. uh, you know, six, seven hours from home sometimes doing one yeah. trip a day, maybe longer. I got to experience a small taste of like what, when I was in Canada with you last year, seeing some of the back roads and some of the stuff, like I couldn't imagine driving a big rig and hauling lumber out of some of those places. Like you're on like <laughs> sing, almost single track trails with the load. Like that's yeah, it, frightening. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah, just just as frightening. wide as the truck and trailer itself. <laughs> that's all you got. Oh yeah. 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 That's about it. Yeah. And you come down with the eight axles <sighs> and, and compared to your, your highway tractors are normally five or six. So yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So there, I mean, there's a, there's definitely a level of skill that, really goes into that and you know you you know <laughs> focus and if one one wrong move and it could be you know Oopsie. it could get really hairy really fast oh yeah. yeah 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 that's crazy craig i wanted to ask you um like so the timeline of this you spent more than 20 years over the road though right yeah like that's as, right. right i mean with 25 or was it, it was more than that right what how, how long were you in the in the truck i I got out of the truck three years ago, so I started when I was 19. That was, I was 42 when I got out of the truck. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so 22, 23 years. I was getting to be in it less and less the last year, but yeah, running equipment as well, too, so. So your time in that you were behind the wheel, were you, um, at that time, were you only keeping your own trucks clean, or were you doing, starting to dabble with, like, cleaning up your other workers or friends trucks i would help guys and guys would be like well how'd you do that and so well i'll show you but so you'd show them and you'd end up doing the majority of it (laughs) the odd time but for the most part it was just mine it was when i showed up on the job i wanted to be the shiniest the best looking cleanest truck every day and it was sometimes it was 20 plus hours a day because i'd haul my loads and i'd go home and i'd wash that truck because just about every day we would I would go to work with a clean truck. I just couldn't handle it. I wanted to I wanted to be different than the norm. So Yeah. No, it's admirable. I mean it's something yeah. that you don't see as much these days. No, right? You don't most people no. don't care because it's just like uh we the job is done. It's just a truck, just let it go and we'll yeah. clean it up later, you know. Well yeah, yeah. And, that's and, exactly. and also what what most people don't understand, like west of montana like washington oregon idaho up into canada it rains and snows all the time so yeah. you know our yep. rigs are way more filthier than down south or even east i mean mm-hmm. maddie where yep. you're at it doesn't rain much it's either sunny or it's snowy like that's yeah. not the mentality from montana west all the way up to canada all the way down to Oregon, you know, and even into parts of Northern California. So, I mean, it it plays a role, havoc on all rigs on the road. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more trucks. There's a lot more trucks out there. I mean, I I remember taking that drive up from Spokane up to Roslyn and it was just like, 
you see a lot of these you know trucks hauling stuff across the you know the the border and it's just like whoa i I think somewhere halfway point i remember passing like a big lumber yard or like a lumber mill and there was a, a ton of trucks and on the way back we had nice weather but on the way up there it was raining and snowing and i thought the same mm-hmm. thing like man these trucks mm-hmm. are dirty and, yeah, and actually muddy. i mean mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to i want to talk about that too because you guys have uh, like in canada like a ridiculous amount of fallout oh, and yeah. i remember when like we rented when we went up there we rented like a white audi and we we you know it was like a brand new car with no miles and literally we drove whatever to 200 miles to cross the border and by the time we got there the back of the thing it had like fall out all over the car was like, what is going on so it's like it seems like because of the industry you guys have in, in canada i mean aren't they making a lot more fertilizers a lot more like fallout in the air in canada yes um yeah i guess so like we have a lot of rail rail well too so but okay. um in where i live here in roslyn down in the valley we have um a big smelter and a fertilizer smelter. plant as well so that's what yeah, it is the smelter. Eight, eight kilometers from here so yeah we get heavy heavy fallout like I get cars, they're like, oh, it's all rusted. Can you fix it? <laughs> yeah, I think I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, dude. I'm, yeah. I never seen anything like it. I mean, I think Canada and then this summer when we were in California at Ferrari, the, a lot of those brand new Ferraris, I couldn't believe the amount of, you know, like brake dust that was on the cars because a lot of them are parked right outside that 405. So it's just like mm-hmm. highway, all you know, and you're like, you get these brand new cars and you're like, this is, a ridiculous amount of fallout on a brand new <laughs> half yeah. a million dollar Ferrari. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, or the, the the question was like, how did you get, was this process about metal polishing, did you kind of just learn on your own by doing and just picking up the tools? Or did you ever have like a mentor to kind of teach you and show you the way? Um, I had a few guys teach me tips and then a lot of it was just mainly I just trial and error. Kind of yeah. same with the paintwork. I just taught myself, went and I just practiced, practiced, did my own truck, polishing the metal on it and mm-hmm. wrecking it and burning it. And <laughs> I just yeah. learned. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot to learn. And then, of course, now that I'm into it full time, like I've got to meet some some pretty good people in the industry and you can yeah. banter back and forth and pick their brains. Sure. And yeah. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. So. I guess this is the question, and this we're going to really unpack this in the podcast, but um, I, I want to know through your lens what might be, because you said you're, you're still doing, you know, paint correction work and detailing. So in your eyes, like between metal polishing, putting a, a metal polish in your hand and putting a rotor in your hand, what are, might, might the average person not understand? Or maybe what are the differences that you see between the two? I know it's kind of a loaded question, um, but because those machines, I mean, I remember that that polisher that you use to polish metal is like ridiculously high. It's not light. No, it's, it's a, gr- it's, right a gr- it's a grinder with the with yeah. the wheel. Yeah, dude, it's insane. Yeah. It's a six thousand yeah. RPM grinder, and, um, and that's that's what smokes. people don't yeah. understand when they're metal polishing versus <laughs> polishing paint. Where we were the maximum of 3,500 on most machines now, that's basically from 18 to 35 is where you finish metal. 
So depending on the porosity of the metal, aluminum, especially stainless steel, um, I know a lot about metal polishing, but it's dirty. So I've never really got into it, but I would like to do it one of these days, I, you know, because it's just, it's, I think me, honestly, I think it's more difficult than, than paint. I really do because there's, I think there's you're so right, many more you, variable. Yeah. You're where you can kind of get away with pressure, like putting excess pressure on a buffing pad. You've got that absorption, right? With mm -hmm. your, your backing. Um, when you're doing that with metal, it's straight contact with the, the buffing wheel. So when you add more pressure, you're going to get a different result. If you lighten up on your next pass, you're going to leave different lines. And yep. yeah. like it's, it's about consistent pressure. It's yes. It, it's uh, definitely more finicky. I think mm -hmm. in, my, mm -hmm. in my personal opinion, but, I could also I, see I it being agree. difficult with the, like accessibility, right? Because like, even, even if you maintain consistency with the tool, you might not have the equal accessibility to some of the components that are on a vehicle. So you're kind of like, you get parts that are polished more, maybe parts that are polished less. I mean, it seems that way. I don't know. Yeah, like for <clears throat> sure. Like on a fuel tank, sometimes you can't get between it and the tires or, but you mm -hmm. got to somehow get in there, whether you got to pull the tires or if you're trying to do the top of the fuel tank, you need to, you know, pull the skirts from underneath the, the door so that you can get in so that you can hide your buff marks because you don't want to just have a finish and then raw aluminum, right? You need to yeah. blend everything in. So lots of times yeah. it's elbow grease, you know, small little uh, sewn wheels on a die grinder or whatever to, to kind of blend everything in. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's custom tools. It's like, it's not much far off from just custom stuff that we've built over the years, right, mm -hmm. Kilmer? Just a little, it's, a little tool that, you yeah. know, like you're solving problems because you can't access this, but we have to access it. So what are yeah. we going to yeah. do? Oh, man. I don't, I'm getting scared while I'm thinking about this. <laughs> have you ever gotten hurt polishing those things? I have to imagine, like, the answer's got to yeah. be yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some videos out of some nasty stuff. I've caught an edge and took the grinder right to the face oh. wear a full face mask but yeah mm -hmm. so that's i mean i would imagine that probably not there's not a ton of people racing to do metal polishing just for i mean number one it's dangerous right um it's dirty right the skill and then i would imagine that i mean i've seen some of those buffing wheels you, you like you have a ton of inventory and those things can't be cheap no no it's not cheap i'm and the biggest thing for me is when I got started, it got in Canada is hard to have uh, accessibility like you have down in the States for products. Sure. We have yeah. kind of one, one main one, two, pardon me, two distributors in Canada to get products from, but even then it can be a challenge. They're kind of the only ones providing for all of Canada really. So yeah. I, I would go and source it myself out of California and so I would buy cases it was just it just made sense instead of that singular <laughs> yeah yeah do you buy from Renegade I I have bought from them I use some different mm -hmm. suppliers now just for more convenience but for a while there that was the for in BC it was the easiest for me to get sandpaper for a while like sure. to just call and get it so I would mm -hmm. order from them and their prices were decent because they had sales on them mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Renegade. I mean, I, they're, they're big on the social media stuff. I see their stuff on, on oh, Instagram yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, they got a whole private labeling program and everything. So 
I'm still like I'm picturing this you losing control of this machine and hitting you in the face. Like I, I like. Did you? Have, I mean, did it like rip through your your uh, your protective gear? No, no. So I use a full face uh, 3M respirator. Okay. Um, so it's a big plastic shield, and then you yeah. have your. But no, it just hit it and kind of scuffed it and yeah. dummied me up for a minute. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, and nobody wants to have mistakes on anything, and then but like <laughs> hitting yourself or like I don't know, Kilmer, you ever been hit in the face with the buffing pad? Mm -hmm. I, has ever no. like a, a pad ever flown off and hit you in the face? No, we, we've done semi. <laughs> back in the day, we did semi trucks, and you know, Brian, my old partner, six ten, three hundred pounds, and he's like, "Oh, it'll be easy." Well, he learned metal polishing because he used to do trucks, and he used to do wheels when he worked for Les Schwab. So he's we got a semi truck in, and he's doing a tank right. He's sitting in a creeper, and it he got it too low which we all know what happens when you get too low or too high, it spun off and the, the metal part of the DeWalt got his shin. And he took that buffer and he chucked it outside and shattered it. God. Just shattered it. Yeah. yeah, and then we had another guy was polishing an intake. And <laughs> this young kid was from a, a, a trucking outfit down Sumner. And he was like right by the throttle cable i'm like oh watch he's gonna catch it he's gonna catch all <laughs> and he, he got the throttle cable stuck almost in his eye because it frayed oh, oh yeah no. i've seen i've seen lots of lots Dude, of dumb, dumb accidents with metal polishing it's it ain't no joke you're well, making me want to like where other like be more protective <laughs> when i polish like that's my biggest well, fear is, is is getting hurt you know what i mean like it's because that's right it's your livelihood i mean if it's right it's you go down you're not you're the guy on the job if you go down you're not making any money you know that's right yeah. i mean met, polishing metal is something <clears throat> i definitely want to learn more from you over the years or just kind of like at least how do i say it i'd like to understand it more because I'm definitely not good at it. And anytime I have to work on anything with metal, when I'm doing detailing, I'm usually hand polishing stuff because I'm looking for consistency. Anytime in the past that I've tried to pick up any of my detailing tools to polish metal, I get too much inconsistency, too much haze. And then to me, it looks worse. So I yeah. would rather just make a, a slight improvement to what is already there so it looks a little better and have it consistent than trying to like spend hours and make it look like paint. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's why I've always kind of stayed away from it. But now I'm like, I'm really curious to put that tool in my hand and, and see, see how it all goes. Right. See what we, so what we'll, walk we us do. through that a little bit. Like, so walk us through that real quick. Like with the, with the abrasives, like, so you got a, you're polishing the tank. You're like, how does that look? Are you are you polishing it two times? Are you polishing it one time? Is it three or more times? I mean, how do you determine what you're going to do uh, when it comes to polishing these things? Um, at the end of the day, it comes down to the customer's budget, plain and simple. Okay. I, yeah. If they just want a, a cheap polish, and I'll give them a cheap polish. If they want to go kind of what the standard is, I'll my standard program is i'll do a sand um especially in the spring because everything's gonna be road rashed sure um, we do our sanding stages whatever it needs to be 
Um, and then normally a two-stage polish. Some of the guys will go three, four-stage, depending on, you know, if they're kind of in the doing show truck stuff or they're running the highway and they want to spend that extra bit. So, yeah. But yeah. a lot a lot of my guys are in the bush still. Yeah. Um, probably, probably three-quarters of the trucks that I polish, metal polish, are log trucks and are wow. strictly in the bush. So we wow. try to keep that cost down but keep them looking good. So yeah. for the most part, it's a two-step, just a, a cut and co- color, they call it. So it's your heavy cut. Um and that'll have a fair bit of hash marks okay. in that, and then you'll refine that down with a finer compound and a finer buff. I was going to ask, where does your where sanding you stop? You some guys stop at 400, some guys stop at 6, some guys go to 8. Uh, the majority of the time I sand to 800. It just makes it mm-hmm. so much quicker to cut. So, um, And then it depends. If I'm, depending on the piece, if I'm finishing it rotary or a DA sanding, then DA sanding, I'll just sand to 600, and I can cut that out quick. Okay. Yeah, no lower than 600. Wow. Dude, yeah, that's, I mean, that, and the abrasive is, is that the the abrasive that's on the wheel? It's like the same polishing pads, right? The sandpaper, you're still using the edge to to sand? Um, Yeah, so with rotary sanding, we'll use, We'll start anywhere from 80 to 180 grit start as our normal up to 800. Um, and yeah, so you'll, uh, on, on edge is your cutting mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. flats, kind of your flattening. If you're doing okay. your rotary. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm way out of the loop, Craig. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I, I, I need a training now on this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I want to learn more about how it's how it's done, and that that would be something cool in the future to to integrate well, into a gloss. You think is metal polishing? Well, t- Texas totally. Polishing actually did a class with Davey P at um, what's that company in Ohio? I'm drawing a blank. They want to do a class. Um, I don't know, Kilmer. Is it uh oh uh PDP? PDP. Is so it, when PDP when, is when, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what? So when PDP, when Davy P was there, uh, the guy that owns Texas Polishing, he's pretty big on the Instagram. He's pretty good. He's, he's sponsored by Renegade. He wanted to do metal polishing yeah. at a Gloss University. So maybe you mentioned it, and I I totally forgot about that. But I mean, I think there there's still value there, right? I mean, because especially there's the, there's tons of old weathered metal and aluminum right that mm-hmm. is just waiting to be polished like almost more than yeah. cars and i feel like at least with metal you got you got more to work with than because with paint you might not you the clear might be gone and there's just less material like with metal you could still work it but of yeah. course you know based off of kind of customer expectation and budget that's what always drives everything right people be like how much money is that there's no way i'm spending that kind of money i want to do it just to understand it i mean yeah uh, Summer Shine, and he's in Illinois, actually. He's pretty big on the old gram, and yep. he does cast iron skillets. Yeah. And Seriously? He's, yeah. Yeah, there's, it's quite the – it was pretty viral for a while when he did the first skillets and that, yeah. Yeah. He does yeah, yeah. Uh, railroad spikes as well. Dude, I got to follow this guy on his Summer Shine, huh? Yeah. I know yeah. he's in my he, backyard. He <laughs> yeah, he's in Illinois somewhere. So, well, here, this is the question that I was, that I wanted to ask was about like, 
Craig, what are your thoughts about then protection on metal? It seems to me like, and, and I've had people ask me about this before, and I don't, I don't understand enough to know better or different, but have you seen any type of protections that like you get done with this stuff, maybe equal or equivalent to like a sealant or a ceramic coating? What do you think about those types of products? Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of them. I, I think it takes away from the shine. Sure. Um, and then some of them can be just a pain when you do have yeah. to go remove them. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't offer it. I don't think mm -hmm. I'll ever offer it. I mean, maybe if a better product comes out in the future, then mm -hmm. I'll look at it. But otherwise, for as far as I'm concerned, the best the best prevention is just maintenance. That's maintenance. Keeping up on it, you know. Yeah. I have I have customers that I do their trucks four times a year. So every two months, I make a stop in, and it's it cuts their costs down. It we don't have to sand it every time. It's just wash it and then get right to it with a buffer and put that fresh shine on and yeah yeah so. that makes sense yeah i mean i got if only it was that easy with all of the vehicles we worked on right just maintaining right. it you know yeah I, i've always given people that analogy of like you know the, the dishes in the kitchen sink like doing the dishes generally isn't terrible but if you waited two years to do the dishes you would need <laughs> you would need a couple days to catch yeah. up to it right it's like yeah. But people, they don't do that stuff. They just wait until it's too no. late. They wait until the yeah. you know the moment's too late. So it's there's maintenance is key, and um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I I don't know of enough any metal protection products because you asked me about this stuff before. Like um, um, like the Technicians five eighty two Kilmer and I really like the mm -hmm. you know the the yellow ceramic detail spray. I've tried that on metal stuff, and I've noticed too that like when the water based cleaners hit it, seems to like almost dull it out a little bit like and yeah. remove that that high gloss shine that mm -hmm. um that the polishing kind of creates but i don't know i i'm still kind of scared kilmer hold my hand hold my hand i'm scared <laughs> but i mean what, what i what i understand of metal is metal so metal oxidizes right because it's a natural product so any type of protectant you lay over metal say aluminum right it's the metal it's still going to oxidize whether mm -hmm. what's on top or not. So when you lay a layer of something on something that's already highly shiny, just like paint on our show cars, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. best not to apply anything. Yeah. You know, exactly. people are like, well, I have to protect it. Well, okay, maybe in Canada, maybe some protection is good, but it's still going to naturally oxidize underneath the protection that you put because it's a natural product. Yeah. Yeah, it that's doesn't, a good point. Metal doesn't have, since it's natural, it doesn't have any UV protection. Yeah. Paint and clear coat does. Yeah. And any yeah. coating that's actually part of it meant to be, metal is meant to be metal for a reason. Yeah. Not protected. If you were to clear coat your fuel tanks, you're going to spill diesel down them. It's going to etch the clear in a matter of no time. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah. there's no there's no reason to protect it. And yeah. then the salt and calcium that they use on the yeah. roads for the yeah. fall right through to spring. So yeah. Well, yeah. and a lot a lot of truck washes use acid. So anything that, you know, acid touches, it's going to degrade the coating even if you were to put it on there anyways. Yeah. So mm -hmm. and these are working trucks. These That's aren't right. show trucks. And a lot of the show trucks back east in Tennessee 
are work truck show trucks because of national conventions in Kentucky. And yeah. there's a lot of nice rigs up and down I-5. I know a couple of guys, owner operators, that they spend a lot of time and a lot of money on their trucks. A lot. Yeah. 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 yeah so, it's almost more than the, yeah. the car guys do. I mean, because it's... Oh, it, by far. Definitely. By far. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. 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 By That's far. super cool. No, I... <laughs> Well, I mean, since you mentioned coding, Craig, I, I mean, your environment, and I, and I want to kind of, we can jump around a little bit, but I, I know you and I have talked about, you know, the ceramic coding stuff, and, and we've done podcasts on ceramic coding, and, and you know, <laughs> actually, I just looked uh, today, and the, the most listened to episode, um, which I thought was going to be uh, Tools of the Trade, was not. The most li listened episode last year was um, ceramic coatings. It doesn't surprise me, you know, and um, and I and I think it's it's interesting because as much as I think ceramic coatings are valuable and they have their place, I don't I think they've certainly been mis maybe represented or like miss you know like a lot of misinformation about ceramic coatings, and I know because of your environment, you've noticed that the ceramic coatings in Canada they don't seem to hold up to their durability claims. Am I right? Not even close. Yeah. Maybe it maybe 10% of what they're claiming. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe 25% of what they're claiming. Yeah. I tried one brand this year and they had an eight year claim. Oh, eight years. It's the best, the hardest. I went and recoded that truck six months later. Mm -hmm. They didn't get eight months out of it. Six no. months. No. You know, and everybody, and you go further east to like where Chris is, Funkenhauser, it's even worse because he's in Toronto, Ontario area um, in Guelph, and it's way worse than it is out west. Way yeah, the worse. Jet stream. Yeah. And we, that's, yeah. I think that's kind of a, like a, um, kind of like the jet stream, how it goes from west to east. You know, they, they've, yeah. uh, the terminology was always referred to as industrial fallout, right? So, you know, basically Chicago is getting all of, um, you know, all the pollution from out by you guys. And then, you know, the, the New England area is getting everything that the United mm -hmm. States is given. So it follows suit. It goes that direction. Yep. So they're getting all the pollutants um, that, you know, that the rest of the country are kind of emitting into the air. It's really, it's really, it's weird. You know, the, the ceramic coating thing is, it's like, it's, 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 it's a very difficult conversation to have. Maybe not difficult, but just like a, a touchy subject because, you know, the whole reason I, I started doing this full time to, you know, is so I could get bigger revenues off of ceramic coatings. That's the thing that pulled me into it. But now that I really see some of their true characteristics, I'm, as the years have gone by, I have liked them less and less each mm -hmm. year. You know, yeah. it's just, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's just kind of, it, I think this year I've talked more people out of ceramic coatings. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've still done a lot of ceramic coatings this year, but I've done, I should say, a better job. I feel I've done a better job of just screening these people first, right, to kind of maybe making the best service offering for what the vehicle actually needs and how the customer is going to use the car, right? Well, I mean, it's, well, it should make yeah. more sense to do it like that. Well, like yeah. Craig said, it's all about maintenance. So if you're maintaining whatever rig it is, whether it's a semi-truck or a commercial vehicle or your own personal vehicle, if you wash that vehicle at least once a week, put a little mm -hmm. drying agent of Tech 582 or something like that, you're going to have protection. It's going to be clean. There's going to be less fallout. 
I lost you for a second. You froze up on me, Kilmer, just like I did in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. No, I maintenance is the key. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, life is so busy for people and it's like, how do we, I mean, I, I don't know, Craig, do you, these, these customers that are, I guess, maybe put on like a retainer, are they calling you? Are you calling them? Or are you like, you're doing these appointments and are you putting them in their books for the next appointment after that? Like, I'll see you in six months or I'll see you in a year. For the paint or metal? For, for both. For both. So metal, I because I travel for the metal, um, uh, in perspective, I put 40,000K on this year <laughs> traveling. Holy smokes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so lots of them, it's I'll go to a certain area and I just schedule my guys in. They'll be there in excess of up to six weeks at times. Um, go through, wow. get their stuff done. And for the most part, they're, the majority of the guys are twice a year. I do them in the spring, okay. and then I give them a quick touch-up in September type thing. Or okay. Well, basically July to September, I start giving guys their, their tune-ups. Yeah, tune-ups. <laughs> so, tune-up. Um, tune and then as far as the paint stuff, um, most people are on a one-year thing. They yeah. kind of just want to do it once a year, so... What I've done for them with coatings is I just offer a one-year coating. Yeah. Um, that you know we don't most we get water restrictions lots up here because of the droughts we've had in the last couple of years. So people aren't washing at home, so they're going to go to car washes. Well, we know what that does to coating. So why would why would I upsell them on a two thousand dollar or three thousand dollar coating job? when we're going to fight water spots the next time they come in and some brush scratches because every once in a while they're going to take the car wash brush or the tunnel wash or whatever, right? So yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I've done with that. I kind of just expect to see them once a year. There's the odd guy that'll come in twice a year, but for the most part, sure. they get them done once a year. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the right way to do it, you know, and I, I – I'm thinking more about this too, like with the water spot stuff. And I don't, I don't think a lot of beginners that start, especially installing ceramic coatings are aware of the water spot stuff. And I would admit, like the more you travel across the country, the water quality is different, right? Oh yeah. You know, Very you're going to have these different solids. And I, I mean, hard water is the worst. And it's funny because like the, the, my childhood home that I grew up in, we had well water. And I just, back then when we would do washes in the driveway, I'd always do use like a, um, you know, like a drying agent or a rinsing aid to help sheet the water a little quicker. So I would, I would, I'd still get water spots in drying, but I would reduce the chances of the water spots occurring. And it wasn't until I started installing ceramic coatings that like the whole water spot issue became like scary to me. Now I see, I see water in the car. I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like getting punched in the gut, like the wind knocked out of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not fun. So I don't know. Water spots are the devil. I think Kilmer has a little trick for his uh, his water spots. You, did did uh, Kilmer? You ever share your trick on the on the Driven by Details podcast of a water spot remover? Have we ever told you this, no, Craig? Whether it goes good or bad. <laughs> I, uh, I I've I've tried it and it and it works, but it's definitely dangerous. Kilmer, why, why don't you share dangerous. with us your little your trick for taking off water I'll, spots on paint. I'll, I'll share the tricks and then I'll share what happens when you don't, when you don't pay attention. Um, so I use full wire wheel acid. I don't even dilute it with one rag and I wipe it on. I wipe it until they're gone. Right. And then you take a high pH 
twelve thirteen neutralizing. So yeah. <laughs> I was and then doing buff. my and then, and then buff and then buff buff and then uh, so I was doing my my stepdaughter's back window, and Maddie calls me right, and I put acid on the window, but I forgot I put it on. <laughs> so it literally etched the glass where you can like pit it, it was pitted. And then Dude. on my Dodge Dakota, I wiped acid on it and I left the rag with acid, full acid, not diluted. It didn't it didn't um it didn't ruin the clear coat, but it, it bleached or, or ate through the clear and now there's a ring in the base coat. Because paint's porous. And if you leave a rag on there, and then I left the rag of acid on my wife's window, and it literally fogged out the window. So you've got to be real careful about that. Acid's good, and it has its place, but you have to be very careful on diluting it. And, you know, on on a highly polished aluminum, it'll it'll bleach it out in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We learned that the hard way. Some guys use that. You still to this day use acid between their mm-hmm. cut and finish stages on metal. Sure, not and, a, and not I can, a lot, but there's a few guys. I I, I do can that see clean? that. Why do they do that? Is it just to clean off the the residue or something, or that? And sometimes with your cut stage, you can induce burning with some of the triple E bars. So, mm-hmm. and huh. I mean that's that's a he that's about as a heated discussion as ceramic coatings in the metal industry is acid <laughs> really oh yeah. yeah it's it's comical to say the least <laughs> well there's different types of acids too you know i mean you have inorganic yep. acids and you have natural acids and then they they're it's still an acid but they work um differently you know and I, i'm not a chemist so i just hung around a lot of these guys and i hear them talk and, and it's like you know you try things in reality and i've i've still to this day have never like and I think that's where my where I got really into washing was when I learned about truck washing, because to me it was always about like everything up until that point was basically friction washing, right? Like we're putting some soapy solution in a bucket and we're using a wash mitt and we're washing it in, and it's like okay, you're getting a good result. But with these trucks, there's places up top you can't reach with a brush or a mitt, so you need a detergent to do it. And and I, I've told this story before. I, on the podcast, I, I don't remember which episode, but I remember when the first demo that I ever saw our guys do, we did this truck wire, like a, a demonstration at a busing company. And the buses were were all black. And and to be fair, they were car wash scratched to death. And, you know, they had, the, they had their own like little thing that they bring around to spin, you know, wash the trucks. So we show them how to do a two-step truckless wash. And we were out in the field. And the manager of the place was a younger guy, kind of had a little bit of an attitude, but, but a good dude. And he comes up and he's like, he goes, gentlemen, he goes, I really appreciate your time. This is a really excellent demo. He's like, but I got to be honest here. These buses are, uh, they're black. He's like, and so how do I know if all the dirt came off the truck? Right. <laughs> and so dude reaches over. He's like, we're going to show you right now. And he reaches over in his box and he pulls out a white hanky and he's got this <laughs> handkerchief and he takes the hanky and he just goes down the whole side of the truck. And he goes up to the guy and he goes here, he goes, you, you see any dirt? And like, I didn't expect him to do this. And like, we were, we did this demo and there's 20 people there and it was like a stage four and the place went silent. And I was like, 
holy smokes that was like the coolest demo i think i've ever seen in my life because i was like i'm like he's right how do you know the truck got clean so he goes the hanky test never fails and it was just Mm -hmm. it was a cool it was a cool thing and and it was a cool demonstration and from there that's where i got into truck washing and got into it really kind of took that head first and this must have been probably around i would say maybe 2015 2014 something like that was right around the time that i that i started setting up a couple trucking terminals here and it was it was cool most people craig you know most people didn't want to get into that into truck washing because to do it the right way the startup cost was too much mm-hmm. you know you were looking you were looking at like hey i want to get into doing this and i want to do it on a professional level you know the equipment the downflow injectors all these things you know hey, you're talking looking at eight to ten thousand dollars more than that yeah i yeah, mean like yeah. like usually that between minimum. 20 to 30 grand sure. was kind of like to get to get it going good and that's i mean truth be told that's like <clears throat> That's kind of what drove the innovation into, you know, the, the, the APS solution was that problem is that because we had, we had so many mobile truck washers that were trying to, to use this two-step system in the field. And they, you know, even though the detergents were good, the problem was, is that they could never get it to work because they didn't have the right equipment and it wasn't the, it wasn't the chemicals fault. It was the, you know, they didn't have the right equipment. So these guys were like, Hey man, can't you make something that's just like a one soap that we can just put on the thing. And then, you know, if we have to agitate, we can agitate and some carry, you know, we don't have to. And that's, you know, fast forward five years and you got APS soap, which is super freaking awesome for truck washing stuff. I mean, that <laughs> who would have thought that that stuff has got as many uses as it does. Right. I never, oh, I yeah. never would have thought that it's oh, yeah. um, definitely changed clothes. the game. Wash your right. clothes, wash your dishes. Kilmer, tell us what tell us what you were recently using APS for around the house. Uh, wash my dishes. Uh, <laughs> wash dishes. I've cleaned the leather. I've done the carpet. Um, odor remover. Uh, obviously, wet sanding. Great for solution for wet sanding. Um, yeah, there's not anything I haven't cleaned with, actually. Yeah. Well, hopefully you haven't been using it in the shower. <laughs> Like to hey, wash your skin because you said that, you cleaned your shower. That that would be quite the video, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh man! Instagram watched... reels. I'll admit I've used it to wash my hands when I'm all black from metropolitan. Oh, and how did that work? Did it get a lot of the the soot off? It works good, yeah. And that, the biggest problem is your hands get so dry from all the the dust yeah. and everything. So yeah. at least that stuff's no not harsh like some of the like yeah, Dawn right. is so terrible at drying out your skin but <laughs> sure yeah. because it has alcohol in it yeah 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 and at this time of the year my hands i i got so many gouges and scrapes and stuff on my hands that like and i can't get them to heal because they're just so dry mm-hmm. pull lotion on them all the time and it's just like i, I can't oh i need to i need to start toughening up fellas you start yeah, toughening right? up well i don't know i i feel like there were so many more questions that I wanted to ask. And I feel like I asked them all too fast. I was super excited about <laughs> about having you on the podcast. Too, too efficient. Right? Too efficient. No, no. I just I think there's just there's a there's a disconnect. And I think, you know, Craig, you probably through your eyes, it's a different lens because you're it's hybrid. You're not like I mean, it's like you said when we started, I think it's more like eighty twenty. You're doing more trucks and you are cars. Yeah. Do you think that'll change over the years? Do you want to get into doing more cars or get into doing just stick with trucks? Or what do you think? Definitely. Um, we're starting to 
kind of turned more to keeping a, a detailing shop open at home. Behind mm-hmm. uh, one guy now, and hopefully, depending okay. on how things go this year, I'd like to hire two more. Um, yeah. Kind of keep it going, doing some simple stuff, just washing waxes as well. Because, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the market around here. A lot of people yeah. don't care that much. They're more concerned about getting it vacuumed and yeah. getting the little rust spots off. Yeah. 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 Keeping them tuned up, keeping just regular yeah. maintenance. I mean, that's all you need to do. And that's yeah. what I've been saying that forever more. And I think you that's a, a very good business model, right? It's like if you can give the customers what they need and not necessarily what you need them to have, right? Because like yeah. you just said, most people want the car vacuumed and the wax and just kind of maintenance stuff. So if you're out on the road, you know, metal polishing and you got some bigger paying tickets, bigger jobs, you can have, you know, a couple guys back at the shop, you know, working on some entry level stuff, right? Where it's yeah. not. It's not super technical, right? No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's Keep, like keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Keeping it simple. Well, my buddy Alex, he's uh, he buys and sells a lot of cars. He's one of my really good customers, and he found recently, um, just this past week, he found a guy down in Central Illinois that's like fire sailing a um, like a mobile truck wash trailer. Like he basically he's got like a it's like a. 15 or 20 foot trailer that he converted it's got the tote it's got the whole reels in there and all that stuff and um generator you know and it's a mobile you know rig to take out in the field and i i think the guy was originally asking like 12 or thirteen thousand bucks and it's now under like 10 grand i think he wants like 8500 or nine thousand bucks and and so my you know my buddy called me and he's like would you want to go in on on this thing and, and buy it and we can have something to go out in the field and i was like like, I don't know if I really want what I don't like about mobile detailing. And this is why I applaud you for this. And Kilmer, too, it's it's not I guess it might be a little different when we're going to a place and setting up shop. But what I wanted to say about this mobile detailing thing, which I think is very challenging, is that you can never control your environment. Mm-hmm. Right. You drive mm-hmm. to where you got to go and do the job and then you show up and you know, yeah, you might know like what the landscape might look like, but you don't know what the temperature is going to be. And you don't know necessarily who's going to be there. And so there's a lot of these variables that you can't control. You don't know anything. You literally don't. I mean, if you're talking, I've traveled, you know, I'm packing my suitcase for Scottsdale. I need a ladder, right. To get to the roof of the suburban, I need wash buckets. So when I leave the airport with James, we're going directly to Harbor Freight, picking up a bucket and some grit guards and some extension cords because I can't fit all that in my bag. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then what will you, you do know? with that stuff, Kilmer, when you're done? Will you take it back? <laughs> no, because I can't fit it in my bag. So I, if, you know, it, you just leave it there and charge for it. That's um, what, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You know? yeah. I can't yeah. expect everybody to have anything. So, you know, and, and I don't know what kind of condition it's in. So you can only pack so much in a bag to be efficient. So, yeah, you know, you're just, you know, it is what it is. Well, I I think it's tough to offer those the mobile services, and I and I mean, there's so many factors into it, but I think the environmental piece makes it challenging. And then you know, we got on that conversation. It's like, well, we can hire a guy to do that, and I I would rather if I was going to hire anybody to work with me, I'd want to be able to like at least work with them or in a fixed and brick and mortar place because now now you're asking the guy to go out in a in you know with a truck and a trailer and 
how do we know the guy's going to drive the trailer, right? It's like, it's kind of inconvenient, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not exactly. easy to park a trailer on the street and it creates a whole nother set of like logistical challenges that make it harder to actually turn a profit. And so I was like, I don't, I, you know, I don't mind going out and doing mobile stuff because we do. I mean, we'll go up to the Ring Brothers, but that's a different, it's different, different, it's different type of mobile yeah. detailing because I'm still yeah. working essentially in a facility. And I mean, that's, you're, you're still essentially working in these people's facilities, right, Craig? When you're out in the field, you're doing, yeah. you're setting up shop and you're setting up shop essentially in their shops. Yeah. Yeah. Normally yeah. when I show up in the spring, that's kind of the big, the busy rush. So, um, they're all ready. They've got their wheels pulled. Their steps are all pulled. The trucks are just sitting there ready to be done. Temperature's yeah. all set. So it's nice and comfortable in there. And away we go. Yeah. Uh, last year, I took on a customer in March. It was funny about being in the outdoors. <laughs> yeah. So it was supposed to be warm weather. And I did a <laughs> fleet of four truck and trailer. And it was minus six Celsius. So <sighs> every morning. So I would, I struggled. I'd have to warm up my bars, warm up everything. It was, it ended yeah. up taking me three extra days, just fighting the cold. And that's yeah. not that. And it was, it was a new customer, so I didn't want to disappoint him. I said I'd get the job done, but it definitely wasn't ideal. And it was, yeah, you know, I ate a bunch of time because I couldn't really bill for it. It was just unforeseen yeah. circumstances, but. I mean, yeah. we've rectified the situation now, and now this year we just work in, in shops. So, yeah, yeah, that's difficult, and you it's something you can't plan for. And those are no. you know, like you got to make you know that you got to adapt. Yeah. I mean, and that's what we you know, you're problem solving, and sometimes there is really no quick solution. It's just like you said, yeah. <laughs> turn into three more days. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and all you got's your word. So if you say you're going to do it, then you better do it. What, uh, here's a question. Are you charging piece by piece? So are you charging per the wheel, per the tank, per the box? Are you flat rating it? How how are you charging for your services? So when I first started, I just went strictly by the hour because a mm-hmm. lot of the, these were new people that I was getting to know and I didn't know the kind of what they wanted, what their expectations were. So sure, I, I just, strictly went by the hour and I, I know a lot of people don't like it because they think they can make better money by the piece because they can mm-hmm. do it quicker or whatever but I just I wanted to build a trust with them and and get to know them so that's what we did we now with hiring a guy um, I'm gonna probably just go strictly to piece work mm-hmm. as I'm training them because you can't really charge them out a decent hourly rate like I'm gonna as part of learning, I'm going to eat some, some of, yeah. of it, but that's okay. I mean, that's, yeah. that's business. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but yeah, for just being by myself, it was hourly, all paint work. <laughs> I always did by the, by the job. I just have them bring it up, look at it and give them a quote. And okay. I could usually give a kind of a quote over the phone because, you know, just kind of, you know, someone called, Oh, I got a white car. Well, all right. Yeah, we're not going to go for a hundred percent correction on it. I mean, mm-hmm. they yeah. don't realize their scratches, so I don't need to boost my ego. <laughs> I'll just right. give them yeah, what right. they want. So yeah, yeah, if we can just do a one step and and clean it up for them and send them out the door. Then that's what we do. Sure, sure. You know, smart. You know, it's, so, I mean, you know, it's funny as I've traveled to Canada multiple times, and from west to east. 
the the detailing population up there is more realistic of what's realistic. Mm -hmm. You come down to the States and it's a completely different vibe on really not being realistic, not being mm -hmm. realistic with yourself, not being realistic with the customer, not being realistic with prices. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's very fascinating. Yeah. I, you see lots on the forums and stuff and I've gotten a kick out of the, out of, out of it lots where it's, well, I only do show quality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm only going to do yeah. what the customer wants. Period. Exactly. Yeah. If the yeah. customer doesn't want show quality, yeah. and what does that even mean? I mean, yeah. what does that mean? What's show quality? What's perfect? There's no, there's no point. such thing. What does yeah, that even exactly. mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, you no, can't do lot. two steps and do a show quality. I'm sorry. That doesn't work. No. <laughs> Not going no. to Louisville. No, no, you can't. I mean, it's Louisville's the Riddler or the Grand National of semi truck. And there's mm -hmm. last time I checked, there's a lot more real estate on uh, semi trucks. So, Craig, I don't know if you know this, but I actually, I had a, a, a rhubarb farmer call me, and he was a he was a, he hauled logs as his side business, and he loved building show car trucks. And one of my old customers, uh, Terry Williams, owns a, a, a Equipment Unlimited, which is he supplies chrome parts and bits and all that for semi-trucks. And he calls me up and goes, hey, uh, I think Nick, he just painted his cabin and, and, and sleeper. Can you wet sand it? I'm like, uh, I think so. <laughs> I wet sanded the truck and the cab and the sleeper and then nick goes he's a farmer he had one of his farm hands deburr the engine block and the transmission and he goes hey can you sand the frame rails too i'm like uh i can so literally we <laughs> wet sanded and i wet sanded some parts of the engine block as well wow <laughs> that's yeah. crazy there's guys that yeah. get right carried away for sure Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. easy too. Right. I mean, it's easy yeah, because it's, it's like, real estate. It's yeah. and, and if you go, we need to go to Louisville once Matt, cause it's yeah. ridiculous. Huh? Yeah. I, well, I'd be curious now that you said that, like, I, I don't know if you know this, Craig, and I, I'm, but like, I want to for myself just cause I'm curious, like, what do they grade? What are those qualifications? Cause it can't just be, there needs to be more other like things that they're grading the way the truck looks or the, that qualify for an award. Right. I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it the lights and the wheels and the stance? It's, it's interesting. I don't know. There's, Oh, there's everything. There's um, paint, best paint, um, interior lights, uh, best all around working truck, show truck, um, basically like car shows. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. Sure. On a bigger scale. So, yeah. and lights, of yeah. course, there's the light show. You don't necessarily get that at the car shows. No, yeah. no, less yeah. lights on the car show. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing a big, like a big rig lit up, like going down the road. Like oh, yeah. every now and then we'll see a few, you know, lumber haulers coming out of Wisconsin and they're like, and it's, you don't see a lot of them, but like, you'll see them in the distance. Like when I'm going faster and catching up to them and it's just like a plume of light, <laughs> they like light up the whole highway. That's the best. I'm like, we gotta get up and take a look at this. That and cattle haulers. Cattle haulers are usually all dressed up pretty oh, yeah. good too. They love their well, lights. That's what, 
Yeah, that's what Texas polishing. He does all those cattle trailers down in uh, down in Texas. But one time, my dad was loading a truck up because that's what my dad did. And there was a car hauler that came come from Nevada, and he's like, I mean, it was a nice rig. And uh, he goes, I, he goes, um, you do any motor mods on that? He goes, Oh yeah. He goes, What'd you do? He goes, I added four turbos. He's like, Get out of here. He's like. Okay, what I'm going to do is after I'm done loading and I unhook my trailer, I'm going to do a wheelie. He's like, get out of here. There's no way. He's like, yeah, I can lift the tires off the ground. No problem. He built a, he built up Preston turbos. One. All of a sudden, both wheels came off the ground. Dude, that's awesome. I mean. Yeah, these, these guys are, you think car guys are crazy. These truckers, they're nuts. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They are not. They're on a whole different level. Did you oh, hear yeah. that, Craig? Gilmer just called you nuts. <laughs> yeah, he knows you it. Do what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, dude, it's cool. What I, what I love about the story, about your story, though, Craig, is that like it, I think it's helpful. Like, right? Let's just hypothetically say you were just any random person that didn't have a background in the industry and just wanted to get into metal polishing. It might not make a, an easy transition. I think it helps that a you know, you drove a rig for, you know, more, you know, more than two decades and you, and B, you have the passion for it. And then C, you know, the people, right. Cause yeah. if you didn't have that, I, in a way it's a similar story to mine, but a little different. Right. And it's how I was in the industry and how I know all these people from my, the time before I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. It yep. really, really helps kind of paint the picture, you know, then, then just being like, Hey, I'm going to start, pol you know, polishing metal now. Right. It's difficult yeah. to, to to do that so i i i admire that story about you and and uh you know your contacts being being you know over the years kilmer in his workshop he's got all these pictures you know like the old polaroids or uh, mm -hmm. just from the, all the big rigs and stuff like that and every, like pretty much every picture of the truck's clean you know it's like yeah shiny and cleaned up tuned up ready to go to the next stop right it's real true blue collar work right Truck driving yeah. hard, mm -hmm. polishing aluminum's hard. It's dirty. It's messy. And the only way you're going to get better, and this is what I preach for 20-some years, is you just do it. It's not It's yeah. not yep. what Instagram says. It, it's, it's the hour spent when no one's looking to gain the skill set, to gain the reputation. And truckers are tough. I know my dad was in the trucking business for 40 years. You do what you say yeah. you're going to do. You do it to the best of your ability, and you don't give excuses. It's the opposite of what the yeah. detailing industry is now. It's the exact opposite. It's <laughs> a good point, Kilmer. I mean, and I, I think, yeah, I mean, I was just 100%. messaging some somebody about this earlier. Is like um, before we started the podcast, it was a had a guy working with him and was kind of coaching him and training him. And then all of a sudden the guy just like disappeared, deleted his Instagram gone. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, mm -hmm. and I was like, you're here today, gone tomorrow. And I think a lot of people want to get into this stuff because, because of the glitz and glam that the social sure. media has done. And then they start doing it and they're like, um, wait a second. This is no, Nope. This is just too much work. Yeah. You can't this is do hard it. work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I, and you've said it forever, Kilmer, not that that's bad. It's probably better to figure it out sooner. Just right? figure then it out. Then the waste yeah. 10 years doing it only, yeah, just figure it out. Just if it's not for you, it's not for you. And not that that's bad, yeah. but, but you're right. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, I mean, 
it's sad because there is a lot of dishonesty and people are just trying to take advantage of an, another person. And it's like, it's the opposite of what the detailing industry has kind of become. It's a lot of, lot of hype and, and smoke and mirrors and, and false, false reality of things. It is all true on Instagram. Yeah. Nothing. No, it's not all true on Instagram. It's, it's it's not all true. Some of some of it's true. Some of it's true. Well, I, I mean, really, really, truth be told, though, that's why. I mean, at least with the driven by details, I wanted to try to create this like landscape, this space, so we can talk about some of the stuff. Whether you know it hurts somebody's you know uh, feelings based off of an opinion, but it's through these stories our trials or tribulations, the work that you've done, Craig, the work that you've done, Kilmer, right? The work that I've done. And like, it's, it's been decades, right? It's taken a long time. And so I think some of the younger people that are the younger audience that might be listening to Driven by Details, hopefully some of it could be a little bit of inspiration to say, hey, you know, I like this, I'm going to stick with it. Because yeah, of I mean, the Amazon effect, everything's too fast. Exactly. I mean, right now I've it's got fing fing fingertips right now because I spent two in the morning sanding blocks. And I'm gonna spend another two in the morning saying blocks. Hey, well, it's not fun. It's not pretty. You gotta make a set of. Craig said he needs a set of blocks, Kilmer. Okay, so I'll put you, you on the to, list. You add, You're on the list, another, Craig. Add an, yeah, I might have to add Craig's name to the list of standing blocks. Perfect. I'll do it right now. Craig, I'm sorry. You were gonna say something. I saw you were gonna say something. Uh, no. I'm sorry. I, I felt like I cut you off. I get these nope. like lightning strikes in my head and I get all excited. I'm like, oh, no, I, I, I got to say it or I'll forget it. Oh, shoot. I forgot. it. Ah. No. Well, truth be told, I do have a pen in my hand. And if an idea comes into my head and someone's talking, I write it down now so I can re, you know, bring it up when the time is right. <laughs> I just think we're three guys that are passionate about what we do. You know, and, what's, and what's, I, you know, what's funny is the common thing, you know, you can talk to a certain amount of people, but like, we're all about the same age. We all started in different paths, but still the same path, still the same routine, still the same amount of years. And the yeah. common theme is still the same. Whether it's yeah. driving a truck, delivering chemicals, working on million dollar Ferraris, or driving a truck and polishing metal. We all mm -hmm. have the same mm -hmm. ideas where we came from and who we are. And it's still hard work that that's when yeah. you know yeah. you've arrived wherever you're gonna go and we'll all three tell you we still got a long ways more to go we got a lot more to learn oh yeah oh yeah you know it's funny that you say that kilmer because i i just uh well actually i i think i was talking to you yesterday craig too but i i yesterday i took a ride up to my friend's warehouse to pick up some utilities and equipment that he was basically getting rid of and it's a close friend of mine that I've known for a long, long time. Very successful businessman. Uh, built a business, you know, startup business from the ground up. <clears throat> Went from, you know, seven employees to like now I think he's over, got over 500 employees. They do over 30 million. This guy offered me a job, you know, 14 years ago. And, and I turned it down. And a close friend of mine went to go work for him and is the president of the company and, and does extraordinarily well for himself. And ever since I turned down the opportunity and I've seen their success, I've always felt like every time I go and visit them, I've felt like I've left out or I missed, you know, my calling or something. And then yesterday 
was the first time I've been there, Kilmer, since you've we been up there. there. You did, yeah. We did yeah. the, the boat, the boat. Uh, two, yeah. a couple years ago. We did the mm -hmm. boat at POS. And so it was cool for me to be there because in the years past when I've gone and visited the guys, I've always like, man, you know, I wonder if I should could still go work with Ken. But being there this yesterday, I, I felt like, hey, you know what? I'm on the right path. I I'd right I, I want to be in this seat where I'm at today instead of going in, instead of have gone down that path because it wasn't for me, you know, even though those guys are doing very well, everyone needs to kind of sing their own song and, and write their mm -hmm. own story. And, and you're right, Kilmer, we've, we've stuck with it, right? Consistency. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're still here today. You know, we have that passion for the industry and the passion for, for what we do. So I love it. You guys got me all, all fired up, and I'm actually going out to see Craig in a in a couple weeks, eh? I had oh, yeah, to, I really? had I had to throw in the A. You every time La you talk last to year, you got to say when A. I got oh for sure, bud. That's they say oh for sure, bud. Oh yeah, come up. Truth be told, that was really one of the like coolest trips of my life. I mean, I love the outdoors, and it's it's beautiful in Canada. I mean, it's just a beautiful part of the world. It's, it's different. It's a different lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle I appreciate. You know, mm -hmm. it's the complete opposite of the of suburban Chicago, you know, where like Craig picks on me because he's like, you should say Chicago, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. We, it's the, that, that Midwestern accent. And now I start to hear it more because I've been going back and editing the driven by details podcast. I'm like, Oh my God, I sometimes sound like an idiot. <laughs> so, so I'm so sorry for my Chicago accent, but <laughs> I love the industry. I love the stuff. I'm actually looking forward to coming up to Canada because we're going to do, when I'm there, Craig, we'll have to do some kind of training, you know, or at least like spend a day working Ooh. on metal polishing because I think um, my, I'll, it'll be, almost be like working out because that's 16 pound polisher. That's crazy. I can't mm -hmm. imagine holding that thing every day. You've got to be ripped, right? Ripped and strong. I, could, I couldn't see Kilmer doing it. Dude, I can oh. see you doing some pretty big damage to, pretty quick. To be fair, there oh, is yeah. a, uh, amputee that does polish. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Wow. Yeah, How's he's he on doing? Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Yep. Wow, interesting. Hey, um, where, there's a, where there's a will, there's a way. Oh, yeah, and he does beautiful work. Mm -hmm. huh. He does lots oh. of... Um, car parts like smaller stuff mainly mm -hmm. car parts mm -hmm. you know turbos and ma intake manifolds and car wheels and stuff like that so mm -hmm. yeah. he's down That's in arizona cool. okay you'll have to send me the stuff i'd like to follow him on instagram yep yeah for sure yeah that, that's super cool well so if anyone wants to find out like a little bit more information about your business how do they find you craig uh instagram facebook and that's about it. <laughs> Crater service in Roslyn, British Columbia. Yep. Dude, I, I love it. Well, I don't, Kilmer, I don't know if you have any other questions for Craig before we wrap nope. up the podcast nope. today. It was, uh, I just it looked was down. A, I was like, wait, we've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes. This is yeah. what, this is what always happens when we get going on the podcast. It's like, well, it's nice you know to it, have that third wheel. I'm happy that this seat, like we're starting out this season of driven by details with a lot of guests and the list is continuing to grow and grow and grow. And I'm like, Holy smokes, we got a lot of work to do. So mm -hmm. I know last year I was talking about having Craig on the podcast and I know 
I wanted to get him in the list before he gets back to work and things get crazy and we don't have time to do it. So I'm, I appreciate you carving out some time today to jump on and talk with us about this stuff. I will share all your links and stuff uh, when the podcast goes live on Thursday. And I guess, unless you have anything else, Kimber, you got any other questions for Craig? I know I already asked that. And I don't know if you no, got anything I, else you I want to talk about. I just need to get some before. aluminum. Yeah, I just need to get some aluminum and stainless and start practicing a little myself. So I, that's that's something on the bucket list that I want to learn how to do too. Not, I don't want okay. to do it. I just want to know how to do it. <laughs> understanding it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, understand. yeah. And that's me too, because I, I mean, I'm not the guy. I've had a few people ask me, and I'm like, ask Craig. I don't, I, I'm not. I don't yeah. want to give people yeah. the wrong information because yeah. it's like, I don't know. I mean, if you don't know, you the answer is no. Hey, talk to yeah. somebody that knows. So. um We'll definitely have to make some videos, Craig. That when I'm when I see you in a in a couple of weeks, we'll have to make some videos and do some yep. Instagram stuff, some Instagram reels, and then you'll have to. Kilmer's going to have to make you a set of blocks. Don't yeah. forget to write his yeah. name down, Kilmer. Put him on. <laughs> I know, I know. Put him on the list. He's on the list. Put, put him on yep. the list. Well, fellas, thank you for your time today. We'll let you guys get back to your regularly scheduled program, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you, Craig. See ya.